1: Championship
2: belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, Lakers Nation! Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. What a game! The Lakers battle back, down 27 points to a Dallas Mavericks team that could not miss from behind the three-point line. Oh my, the Lakers battle all the way back in a must-win scenario. If they want the sixth seed, they had to have this game. And the Lakers, through heart, through hustle, through grit, through determination, and a whole lot of Jared Vanderbilt, oh, they got it done. Game of the season, perhaps, for the Lakers. And it came at a time when it was so badly needed lakers nation before we get into breaking down this whole game make sure you are subscribing to the lakers nation youtube channel turn on those notifications as well we are here for you breaking down everything going on in the world of the los angeles lakers and of course check out the LakersNation.com podcast over on apple podcast spotify wherever it is that you listen to podcasts joining me is sean spaces davis sean i'm exhausted from doing the play-by-play for that game that was a roller coaster. It was an emotional ride, but at the end we could celebrate because the Lakers got it done and got the win.
1: Yeah. I mean, down 27, no D'Angelo Russell, the Lakers look at the statue before we dive fully into it. They, the Mavericks made twenty threes. They made 14 more threes than the Lakers without D'Angelo Russell down 27 midway through the second quarter. And the 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 biggest trait of good teams, and I, I want to say the Lakers are trending that way, at least with this new version. The yeah. biggest trait of good teams is they just find a way. Now, every coach, every player will tell you that. The biggest trait is that you just find a way. And the Lakers, I think Ron or Matt might have tweeted this out on their Twitter accounts that, the Lakers, even before the deadline, definitely last year, would have faked a comeback and lost by yeah. 15, right? The Lakers just found a way somehow. And hats off. I'm speechless, stuff
2: I mean, absolutely incredible stuff. The effort, the energy from start to finish, uh, particularly in that second half, they knew the task at hand. They knew what was at stake here in this game, and they went out. And they got it on the Lakers now four and one since getting the players that they acquired at the trade deadline. Again, that's a tiny sample size, but the only game they've lost was a game when the Blazers were hitting just ridiculous shots from three. Uh, and, and it looked like that was the way this game was going. That looked like that was how this was going to wind up. The, the Mavs at one point were shooting. What was it? They were seven for 11 at one point. They were even, even better than that. They were nine of 15 or something. And then, Um, They cooled off a little bit. I mean, the Mavs still finished shooting 41% from three on 20 makes. Like you said, Sean, the Lakers just 18% from deep, and I'm rounding up to get there. Six threes made in this game. The Lakers didn't shoot the ball well at all, 43%. In the first half, they were missing shots at the rim, and they still found a way to get it done. Like you said, that is the mark of a good team. This puts the Lakers in position to continue this run and potentially get themselves into the postseason. Long, long way to go. But this was a massive, massive win. Um, Sean, let's let's start with this. I've got a a bunch of Super Chats we're going to get into. But I'm really curious about this right here.
0: Superstar of the night.
2: Now, remember, it does not have to be someone who is seen around the NBA as a superstar. Throwing that out there doesn't n- mean to influence your pick at all or anything like that. But who would you pick for superstar of the night in this one? I think there's a few arguments we can make here.
1: I, I don't want to discredit Jared Vanderbilt. Uh-huh. I think he changed the game, right? So it's it's super hard. I don't want to spoil my star in your role pick. But Jared Vanderbilt changed the game. Uh-huh. But Anthony Davis was the best player on the floor tonight. I'm gonna give it to AD, uh, 30 points, t- 12 of 20 from the field. We talked about it a little bit before the game, Trev, that Anthony Davis, since coming back from injuries, kind of done everything well except score the ball. Yeah, 30 points, 15 rebounds, four assists, three blocks. Had some big time defensive plays, um, especially against switched on the Luke on the perimeter. 37 minutes, Anthony Davis was phenomenal. If anybody says Jeremy Annabelle, I obviously understand. Like I mentioned, he changed the game completely.
2: Uh, AD was tremendous. I mean, he hits the the baseline turnaround jumper. to yeah. put the Lakers up three. I mean, uh, that, was, that was one of those no, 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 yes shots, right, where you're going, oh, that's such a high degree of difficulty shot, but he knocked it in. That was a bubble AD, I'm that guy shot. That's what yeah. we saw out of Anthony Davis. I mean, an incredible performance, a beast on the boards, I have no argument against A.D., but since you win A.D., and look, let's not overlook LeBron. He had moments where he went bully ball, his foot hurting, something we'll talk about in a bit, 26-8 and for LeBron, moments where he just got a smaller guy on him and said, nope, I'm bigger than you, I'm stronger than you, and I am scoring and you are not stopping me, and he did just that. But Jared Vanderbilt, he's my pick. 15 points, 17 rebounds, one assist, four steals, and – did so many things for this team that never show up in the stat sheet. So many things that won't show up on that box score. The rotations defensively, guarding yes. Luca pretty much the entire game, making Luca work. Uh picked up a cheap foul early on an incorrect call from the official in the first 40 seconds of the game, finishes with three fouls, despite defending Luca all. Game, plays 27 minutes, makes the game-winning essentially stop, gets the turnover on the Mavs as they tried to inbound the ball to Luca. I'm going Jared Vanderbilt as my superstar of the night. What a performance from him.
1: Really, really quick, you want to talk about something that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. This play pops out of my mind because you brought it up on the playback stream. Once again, thank you to everybody that showed up. Ton of fun, very stressful. The most stressful win we've had since the deadline. Now um, eh, Maybe Golden State the first time. But the play where Jared Bader, I think he like is the weak side tag guy. Then is a one more pass out to the corner. Obviously, it's a long closeout. He gets beat because it's a long closeout. But he like spins back. In, Jared Bader, defensively, he like spins back into the lane defensively, and that just co- that breaks down the offensive play for the Mavs. I think they they, they have to shoot a, a tough shot. Lakers get out in transition. Um, Jared Vanderbilt's awesome. Again, I'm not faulting anybody for saying Jared Vanderbilt.
2: All right. I need to get into some of the, uh, the super chats here, but quick, quick note here, guys. Um, you, I'm sure some of you have seen some of the scams going around on, on YouTube and the chats and things like that. Look, uh, scams are awful as people are scum of the earth. Don't, don't fall for that stuff. Uh, we will never ask you to contact us on a Gmail account or a Hotmail account or Telegram yeah. or, or anything like that. Do not fall for that stuff. I'm not going into the comments and offering prizes to anyone. If you hear me, if we're going to do a prize type of thing, you're going to hear me talk about it on the show. I'm not jumping into the comments section to do any of that kind of stuff. So, uh, again, just be aware of that kind of stuff, please. I don't want anybody to fall for any of that, that no. nonsense. Um, all right, let's get into some of our Super Chats here. Koa said, my heart literally stopped when Braun said, I heard it pop. But, damn, he willed it and played big time in the 4th. Oh, and 138 went down 27 points prior to tonight. Yeah, this is this is the biggest comeback in the NBA this season. Unreal stuff, uh, Sean. I, I was, you know, my stomach dropped when LeBron said it popped, or at least that's what it looked like. He said, "I'm really curious to hear what he's going to say post game." He played through it, so I've got some hope that he's okay. But there's a lot riding on exactly what's happening in LeBron's foot, and what scared both of us, Sean, was when we saw the replay again, watching over on playback, that there was no contact on that play that LeBron got hurt on.
1: Yeah, that that was easily the most scared the, the scariest part about it. Um, the fact that LeBron played through it makes the win a little bit more worth it. Like I would feel kind of like salt because like, if LeBron is like legitimately hurt or was legitimately hurt, and he plays through it. And you lose, that's like that, that's just too many bad things happening for you. LeBron plays through it, and he, he just comes back. He starts the fourth off, hitting a three, and then just the, the footwork out of the post down the stretch and midway through that fourth quarter, generating some uh, high quality shots for the Lakers. LeBron, 26 points, eight rebounds. He, he took some, I thought he, sometimes he got a little jumper happy. He had a very bad, like on the right side. Yeah. Uh, like fall away three, which as a right-handed shooter is just like so tough. But um, you know, Le- LeBron hats off to a man playing through it and driving like, or being a big reason why rather the Lakers that uh, were able to get the win though.
2: Uh, J dog said, what a comeback win all hail the Vandalorian. This is the way refs go find another job. It's, it's hard <laughs> to, it's hard to watch. Look, Luke, watching games where Luka is being officiated, watching games where uh, Embiid is being officiated hard, and some of the, it's it's difficult to watch, particularly when we see the hits that LeBron has taken this season. Um, but the Lakers, to their credit, they played through it. I was probably affected by it more than than the Lakers the were. Players. I was frustrated during this game, but the Lakers, to their credit, they played through it. Uh, there were some tough calls for sure. But, I mean, like we said at the top, the Lakers found a way. They found a way. Yep. <laughs> Karl Marx went... Waker's win. What's whoa? Cause it's all W's. It's all W's. Yep. It's all W's. <laughs> it's all W's They're They're racking up the wins right now. Uh, I'll pull up the standings in just a moment, but last time I said, AD was softer than baby poop. I'll take it back. If we can get him to show up when needed, like he did today. Yeah. Wow. I mean, AD have a game. He was, it wasn't just that AD put in 30 points. Like that was huge. No question. But how many times did we see AD just rise up like the damn Mosasaurus from Jurassic World? You know, just like, like coming up out of the water and just enveloping the ball and just being that much bigger and stronger than anybody else. Man, that I mean, just a dominant performance from Anthony Davis where physically he really put himself into this
1: game. This is the healthiest he's looked since he's come back. Or maybe this is maybe, maybe not even healthiest is the right word. This is the most offensively confident he's looked since coming back Um, and, and like enforcing his will and being aggressive. But like we said, you know, he did that while also still being a top three defender on the other end. Um, just absolutely incredible from Anthony Davis. I mean, there's there's not too much you can really say without repeating yourself because AD was just phenomenal.
2: He was he was absolutely incredible. Okay, quick uh, standings update here. Uh, NBA standings right now: the Lakers have moved up to the eleventh seed. Uh, they are in terms of uh, in terms of the games back. They're in a three-way tie with the Thunder and the Blazers. They do have one more loss than OKC and Portland right now, but both teams but, both those teams do play tonight. Now, the Blazers play the Rockets. Um, obviously not likely for the Blazers to lose that game, but you never know in the NBA. Never say never. I mean, the Hornets uh, beat, I think it was the Wolves the other day for the Lakers. So things happen. And then Sacramento is playing against OKC uh, in about 25 minutes here. So Those teams are in action tonight, but currently the Lakers have moved up to 11th. They are one game back now of the Pelicans. The Lakers on a three-game win streak, Pelicans on a three-game losing streak. These are the kind of things that needs to happen for the Lakers to move up in the standings.
1: Really quick, really quick. The Lakers, you know, they talked, and this is what we said on the playback stream. Like, it would it be impossible, but it would be like super hard to get to six if you lost tonight? You beat Dallas again when you play on – Next week, I think. No, not next week. It's like March 17th, I think. You're now only two and a half games back and you play them one more time. In LA, six seed now looks like an actual possibility, whereas if you lost this game, especially in a demoralizing fashion, it might not have been the case.
2: There's a stat that's bouncing around on Twitter. The Lakers, or Anthony Davis, I'm sorry, for the second half was a plus 20. Mm. Like, that's, that's absurd.
1: Small Plus, sample size because it's only 24 minutes, but th- I think that does, like, play value, like, terms of, like, how good AD was in the second half.
2: Wow. Uh, Mike Trudell reporting that Darvin Ham said LeBron is good when asked about his foot and ankle. LeBron stayed in the game and closed. Medical staff will evaluate him. There'll be an <laughs> update pending. But good to hear that Darvin's not saying, oh, he's hurting or anything like that. He's saying he's good. So, good sign so far. by said superstar of the night. Rob Palenka, star in your role. Danny Ainge, they gifted us Vando. What a great comeback win without Delo while being broke from three. Out of all people, how did Danny Ainge, who is known for swindling people in trades, how did the Lakers get Vanderbilt, Beasley, and Delo out of a deal where they were trading with Danny Ainge? I don't some Jedi mind trick there from Rob Palaka or something, or, or he charmed him with his Rob Lowe good looks or something. I don't know. Somehow though, the and the Lakers got Jared Vanderbilt. And guess what? Jared Vanderbilt is going to cost the Lakers less than $5 million next season. He's under contract for another year. My goodness. What a trade.
1: Rob, I love you. <laughs>
2: Hopefully, D'Angelo Russell can be back in action against uh, Memphis next game. Uh, Selfless said Vando and AD also went off. Good game. Yep, absolutely. Both those guys were fantastic. We're going to get to our superstar of the night in just a moment, but I like this. Scotty, Stone Cold Reeves Austin almost stumped a mud hole in Powell's bleep and walked it dry. Historic comeback. Way to play like we needed the win. I don't know for sure. But I believe that was probably Austin Reeves' first tech.
1: Uh, Austin Reeves, like, uh, why do I not have your jersey yet? Like, seriously, like, what his interaction with Josh Green and actually they got the transcript or whatever. Think uh, Yovan tweeted it out or whatever. Oh, did is he? Awesome. Yes, <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> Austin, if you're watching this, I'm going to buy your jersey. All I ask is that you, like, if if you can sign it, sign what you told the Josh Green so I can hang it up and always remind myself of that iconic moment. That's awesome.
2: (laughs) Okay. So here it is. I I just found the tweet, and you and I were talking about this on playback. Austin Reeves to Josh Green, and this is Yovan transcribing this, uh, at Yovan Buha, said, Austin Reeves to Josh Green. You ain't stuff. I'll <laughs> F you up. Keeping this family yes. friendly. Austin, fired up. Fired up. I love it. Uh, this one, Nick one said, re-sign Vanderbilt as early as possible. He has willed this team back to win and bring so many skills this team desperately needs. I mean, he's a difference maker. He is a difference maker in ways that don't always show up on the stat sheet. And, and today... He shined. He shined bright. That's for sure.
1: I mean, we—I mentioned this on the playback stream, but in the third quarter, Jared Vanderbilt—and not—not discrediting what he did in the fourth—but it's so rare, unless you're like in Draymond. I wouldn't even describe Draymond as a role player, but you can't find very many role players that like single-handedly kept your team in the game, and they're not really a scorer. And Jared yeah. Vanderbilt kept the Lakers if not brought them back in the game and allow ad to, and LeBron to kind of put the finishing touches on everything. But with just with this defense, his rebounding 17 big rebounds, and then it's just cutting ability. He is just a connector piece offensively. And then he is just brought so much tremendous value uh defensively as well.
2: Yeah, he, he absolutely has absolutely has and wicked Broncos says can we please pay Vandua Max then pre-deadline okay. team gives up. Uh, the pre-deadline team gives up. Best game I've seen this year. Also, refs still suck. Uh, anyways, we're definitely making the six seed. Look, a long way to go. A yep. long way to go. But I-, I can say this. I don't. This game doesn't guarantee a playoff berth for you. Definitely doesn't guarantee you making the six seed. But losing this game, I think, would have gone a long way towards making sure you weren't going to get the six seed. I think that's critical. And so here's... And part of, that, part of the reason for that is if you go and you look at the strength, uh, strength of schedule remaining, the Lakers have a fairly easy strength of schedule to close things out, but so do the Mavs. So I don't think you can bank on the Mavs losing a lot of games to help you get to that six seed. So the Lakers right. badly needed to force this loss onto their record while putting a win on their own record. It was critical that they win this game just to keep themselves in the hunt. I think you lose this game, and you probably, not mathematically, but most likely, you're saying goodbye to those 16
1: hopes. Really quick, LeBron told ESPN in his post game interview this ankle a little sore, but he knew they couldn't not finish the game. Daniel Starkin, our own editor in chief, makes a great point on Twitter, mentioning that he thinks LeBron probably sits out in Memphis because it's the first night of a back to back. You play Oklahoma City on Wednesday, which standings wise is more important.
2: if that if there is any choice if the Lakers are trying to decide hey we're only going to play LeBron one of these games because his ankle is bugging him you sit him against Memphis you play him against OKC look you would love to rack up as many wins as possible I'm only saying if his ankle is bugging him and you're making the decision ahead of time we can only play him in one of these two games the OKC game is far more important than the Memphis game you're not catching Memphis OKC you can catch so it's important that you put a loss on their record in that game uh, Trevor Lane, Stan, who's been calling in over on Amp as, as well, which has been great, uh, said, what a win. This felt like the longest game ever. Masterlock, LeBron's low-cut shoes, and the refs. What a game by Vando. Hope LeBron plays Tuesday. I don't know if that's a low-cut shoe thing. Like, I didn't see his shoe giveaway. It was, it was just kind of bizarre the way that play happened. I didn't even see his ankle turn that much on that. It looked like more of a foot thing.
1: I think people put way too much stock in like the shoes the players are wearing. Yeah. Like the, the shoes don't really do that much. Like like if LeBron had wore what's the better example? Remember last year when Anthony Davis, his ankle touched the earth against Utah? Yes. Uh-huh. If AD's wearing high tops, is that preventing Anthony Davis? No, that like that the same thing is gonna happen, right? So I think people sometimes put a little bit too much stock into the shoes or whatever that a player is wearing.
2: Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, game by Vando, yes, and hoping LeBron plays Tuesday. Yeah, hopefully he's totally fine and can play, but just saying if you have to make the choice, Tuesday's the game to sit. John said, ugly win, but a win. The third quarter for most of the year has been death for the Lakers. Since the trade, the third quarter has been the difference. We start, like They started off the season being a really poor third quarter team. We were talking about, oh no, it's the dreaded third quarter. That hasn't always been the case in recent months. But yeah, yeah. Th- this team since the trade deadline again—they're four and one since getting their new players in. So far, so good. We'll take it. Yeah. Jared Chalker said it's probably because his name is Jared. <laughs> but Vandy was incredible tonight on Luca in the second half. AD was a monster. Yeah. So Sean, we talked about this a little bit on playback. Luca had 14 points in the first quarter. He finishes with 26. That's a big win for the Lakers to hold Luca to 12 points for the remaining three quarters of the game.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Wire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Vanderbilt's a big part of that. I pulled a poll on my Twitter page at Sean underscore DAVR on Twitter uh, because deciding what the film breakdown on the com page should be, and a large percentage of votes is Jerry Vanderbilt's defense because yeah. um, he, he was a, a big part of the reason why Luka wasn't able to be as effective. He got going, I think he had a three and the four a big time to put him up two. Uh, made a couple of other plays. Uh, got an and one, a cheap and one, I think, down the stretch as well, but He had six turnovers, the pressure by the Lakers, and we talk about this a lot on the playback stream, but the pressure that the Lakers put on Luka and Kyrie full court, when they got the ball past half court, it was 18 seconds left. Then you have to start your by the time the first action started, it's 12 seconds left on the clock. And a lot of times it's a high screener. They go with a ram screen, which is a down screen for the actual uh, ball screener. Luke is not receiving the ball screen until 12 seconds left. And a lot of times Lakers started to switch more in the second half too. So now you're, or or they would uh, hedge and put two on the ball. Now you get one shot in the second half. And a lot of times it's a tough one shot. So great job by the coaching staff and by Jared Vanderbilt.
2: Yeah, they, they did a great job. I thought just forcing the Mavs into some uncomfortable situations defensively. Um, credit to the Lakers and credit to Darvin Ham as well for making those changes at halftime. They worked. Absolutely. Um Great game. Great win. I am kind of happy D'Lo didn't play this game or else I we couldn't have made the runs we made on defense. However, nonetheless, we have a team. You know, look, Dennis Schroeder statistically doesn't rate out as a great defender, but he is a very different defender compared to D'Angelo Russell. So hard to say exactly how D'Lo would have affected things because you never know of course but would have to imagine they probably shoot a bit better from three if d'angelo russell is in this game right so you know there's a give and take that i won't say i'm glad d'lo didn't play i would prefer to have him of course yeah but impressed that the lakers managed to get by without him in this in this game
1: i think the lakers kind of struggled offensively because they didn't have d'lo so some of their sets like their, their double drag ball screen sets or just their high ball screens with Dennis in general, you saw multiple times where the guards would just go under the screen. You can't do that with D'Angelo Russell. He'll burn you. So um, I, I think you, you do miss D'Lo, but you got the win and that's all that matters right now. Hopefully D'Lo right. gets up there.
2: Let's get into this one. Star in your role. So the star in your role, not a superstar, but somebody who just played their role. Perfection in this game. John, you went with AD for your superstar of the night. I think we know where you're going with for this one.
1: It's Jared Vanderbilt. I I already spoiled it, but like I said, man, he he, ad won the game and he was the best player on the floor. But Jared Vanderbilt changed the game with his defensive intensity, multiple big-time steals and deflections. He had one where he got a steal, he's falling out of bounds. He, like, throws it over his head and leads to a Troy Brown layup. This is in the midst of their third-quarter comeback. Um, Jerry Vanderbilt, I mean, it's pretty easy for me.
2: So I'm going to go with kind of an unsung player because, of course, we've given Anthony Davis tons of credit. He got your superstar of the night. Um, LeBron, we talked all about what he did. But I want to highlight Dennis Schroeder for a minute. You know, sure. I didn't think he – he wasn't great. He was 0 for 4 from 3. There were times where I was – recoiling when he went to to shoot from three, and the Mavs were more than happy to let him shoot from out there. So I'm not saying this was a tremendous performance from him, but he made some big plays in the fourth quarter, getting an and one right when the Lakers needed it, knocking down the clutch free throws. And then I thought what made a big difference in terms of guaranteeing that you won this game, it wasn't just the free throws, but getting Schroeder the ball and Schroeder just being fast enough to run away from the Mavs, Running those three seconds off the clock. I'm talking about the final possession, yep. makes all the difference in terms of the Mavs having to take a half court heave versus actually getting a decent look from three in order to maybe tie the game. Schroeder's ability to run off those three seconds could very well have sealed it for the Lakers. And then, of course, he went and knocked down the two free throws, which uh which again made it so the best case the Mavs could only tie the game. So I want to give Dennis Schroeder some credit. Stepping into the starting job, played 35 minutes, had to chase Kyrie around all game. Kyrie finishes with 21 points. Look, he's incredible, but two for 10 from three. Schroeder did a nice job pestering him, and I thought he made some big plays for the Lakers in the fourth quarter. So I want to give Schroeder some credit here on that one.
1: Yeah, and I mean, when when you're starting, point guard can, can net you uh, 16 points, 8 assists, only 1 turnover. And then he was just super solid. That's that's the word I would use to describe Dennis Schroeder tonight. He was just super, super solid. Um, obviously, over 4 from 3. He had a really bad one, I thought, in the fourth, if I recall. Um, but, you know, just super, super solid to get eight assists, one turnover. And, again, you want to talk about pressure, his pressure on Kyrie Irving full court, kind of slowing him down in a way. And the Lakers as a team, give them credit, 25 assists, 10 turnovers. I think they only hit 42 shots great ratio there all around and uh, the Lakers are definitely playing a little bit more pace and moving the ball a lot better. Uh was something you also pointed out on playback.
2: This is another game that I don't think the Lakers win pre-trade deadline. Like if you have that team, you're not winning this game. and, And that's, and that's not because Malik Beasley went crazy or anything. Beasley was two for 11 from three and three of 14 shooting overall. He gives you some floor spacing for sure, but, um, Vanderbilt was so instrumental in getting this win. Again, I don't think you're winning this game pre, pre-trade deadline. Uh, Joey C said, if LA had this team in the offseason, Vanderbilt would be a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate. This guy's oh, really? unbelievable. Big win. I don't know if I would go that far. We'll see where things go. I can say this. If the Lakers just had this team last summer, they're not fighting to get into the play-in right now.
1: Yeah. They're, I, I think the, the Lakers the are in Dallas' spot. The Lakers are a playoff team or at least they're like seven at the worst at worst.
2: Yep. Billy says we've got the worst Lakers basketball we've seen in the first quarter slash part of the second, but down the stretch, they picked up full court and got it done. They just couldn't make shots. They couldn't make shots. And that was fueling the Mavs offense. Cause whenever you miss opponents, get the rebound, they can get out at the very least in semi-transition, get some cross matches where you're not matched up with the guy that you want to be matched up with. And then they can exploit those in the Mavs. To their credit, while the Lakers were missing, the Mavs were hitting everything. And so it was unbearable to watch this game for the first half, but they do accept the challenge. They pick up full court, they fight, they hustle, they do everything they needed to do, and they got the job done. Give them all the credit in the world. The Lakers found a way to claw back into this thing. It was incredible. Incredible what we saw from them. Yeah. Uh, We've got, this one says, Vando was godly. Huge finesse from Ainge, AD, on the way. Braun getting in the groove. We get Delo back. We lit. We had him probably put the game away early. So this this one's saying, not saying I'm glad we didn't have D'Lo. This one's saying if we had D'Lo, this game looks very different and the Lakers probably win more handily. Uh, I, it's hard to say how this plays out with Delo on the floor. I think the Lakers certainly would have preferred to have him, no question. I don't know exactly how different this game would have been because, of you know, you lose some of the quickness defensively to chase, maybe contest some threes. But on the other hand, he's probably hitting some threes for you, doing some things differently offensively. But whatever. A, a win is a win. They got it done. And it was – this will be probably one of our favorite games of the season when we're at the end of it.
1: One of our favorite games for the last two and a half quarters. <laughs> the first yeah. quarter and a half was dreadful i think the lakers were down like 39 to 18 with like 9 like they scored 18 points in the first uh, 15 minutes or something like
2: that oh man it was brutal uh julian the resilience the lakers showed was beautiful such a huge win we couldn't shoot all night but came back with great defense and effort gotta love the win yeah i mean look if you turn if you take the lakers shooting what was it 17 percent from three yeah 18 percent if i round up from three if they shoot just a normal percentage, like they shoot even slightly below average, they shoot like 33%, this becomes a blowout win. Now, of course, some of the offensive rebounds they got, they got 17 offensive boards, which, which was huge. Some of those aren't there if they're making more shots. And so it's its not like you just tack on like 18 points out of their total or whatever. But the bottom line is the Lakers shot the ball about as poorly as you possibly can. They shot it as poorly as they did at the beginning of the season when they were on that two and Two and ten run to start the season, and they couldn't make anything. That's how poorly they shot the ball, and they still managed to come back and win. That that's just impressive as hell.
1: Uh, really quick. Uh Jason Kidd on the Lakers comeback. This is per uh, Tim McMahon uh McMahon of uh ESPN. Jared mm-hmm. Vanderbilt kicked our blank, Are he kicked our behind. Um, yeah, again, Vanderbilt was spectacular.
2: Yeah, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Vanderbilt was incredible. First name said, let's go Lakers nation. The old team would have stayed down. Great comeback. Indeed. Absolutely. Fantastic. comeback. Marcus said probably one of the toughest games to ref this year. Hashtag playoff basketball. This did, you know, that's a good point. This did feel like a playoff game, didn't it?
1: I I think so because in a regular, regular season game, I mean, I kind of ironic there with the wording, but in a regular game, I don't think, you're more you're that willing to just full court press that's what the Lakers did they kind of like just full court press denied Luka, picked up 94 feet that's what they do with a play that's like an in-game playoff adjustment and the Lakers they they, they took this game I think going Giley down to around 14 heading in a half was big for their for their uh, psyche um, and, and that allows you to do some creative things like picking up full court putting two on the ball with Luca and ball screens. Um, and, and opening up the offense um, really, really quick. This is something I want to point out. Offensively, the Lakers, the, the, or the Mavericks, excuse me, could not guard the weak side pin down for Anthony Davis. And a lot they would have Austin Reeves set it, pin down, it's just like a down screen on the corner man. Um, and Anthony Davis absolutely ate off of that. And then third quarter and the fourth quarter got to his mid range game, and that's just so that's just such a tough action to guard. You go under it. Anthony Davis; is a skilled enough uh, shooter to hit the mid range. Um, you switch it, which is the worst thing to do. Uh, then I mean, it's just a, you got a, a cross match; you got a, a small on Anthony Davis, and you can't really like lock and chase over the top because AD could reject it. They, they actually tried it once; uh, Dennis just didn't throw the lob or he can just curl it over the top and dive to the rim. So uh, we'll love to see that a lot more in the playbook. Uh, heck of a job. Offensive. By, I'm assuming that's Chris Gent, but uh, by this coaching staff in general.
2: Yeah, they they got it. and They made the right adjustments. And again, once the Lakers got it to within three, heading into the fourth, and went, oh boy, we're going to be in for a ride of our lives to finish this thing out because LA is not going away now. Uh, one and 138, big comeback, a big game by Vando, straight dog. So what he's referring to is uh, it was it was either 137 or 138 and oh, teams were in the NBA this season when they got up by 27. No team had lost in the NBA when they got up by 27. Every team that got up by that much went on to win the game. This is the first time all season for any team that has come back to win a game went down by that many
1: incredible. Wow. Has, have there been that many blowouts
2: this season <laughs> yeah well this has been there's been more scoring in the NBA this season and so that creates for more of a fluctuation and some bigger leads we've seen bigger leads evaporate as well because of the scoring increase part of that is the elimination of take fouls the three-point line becoming a bigger thing and and all of that but um yeah it, there there's been a lot there's been a lot of blowout games uh, in the NBA this yeah. season and there's been a lot of really close games too just in general, like if you have a team that shoots poorly and another team shoots well and with more threes, that it, it makes the difference between the gap between the two balloon faster than we would have seen like 10 years ago. Um, John says you can it, you can clearly see how much this team needs. Dilo would also like to see Walker get minutes somehow. Lonnie mm. did get minutes in this game. It wasn't a lot, only played six minutes, was 0 for 2. He was a minus 12. Didn't see the floor after that. But I want to mention this, uh, Sean, because you could talk a little bit about Lonnie Walker, but I wanted to also hit you up on Mo Bamba. Six minutes, the Lakers went away from his rotation in the second half. Rather than go big, they went small with LeBron at center and didn't bring Mo Bamba back into the game after he got his, got his normal minutes in the, the second quarter. So what are your thoughts on Lonnie? And then what do you think about Darvin Ham making that adjustment, going smaller and not bringing Mo Bamba back in?
1: Yeah, I, I think with uh, first of Lonnie, my question to you is what does Lonnie provide outside of his athleticism that he does better than any of the rotation guys? He's not a better shooter than any of the, the bench rotation guys. He, I mean, even Dennis. Even Dennis is, what, 35%? Might dip a little bit after tonight, but not better shooter than Dennis, Reeves, uh, Troy. Rui has to shot the ball well but you need Rui's size like you're competing with another guard basically not a better defender than any of those three guys I mentioned um and so I mean like it, it sucks I feel for Lonnie. he was a heck of a player for us at the start of the season but i I, I like the rotation especially when you're healthy where it's at right now um and, and then um with with uh uh crap Mo, there go. Mo Bamba.
2: but let me let me throw in Technically, Troy Brown is a slightly worse three point shooter than Lonnie's actually shooting 37% from three on the season. But I think the point still stands. Troy Brown's at like 36% and change. Like yeah. the difference is minor, and Troy Brown's two inches taller and does some things defensively that Lonnie doesn't do. So I understand why that why that's there. But uh, but yeah. Mo Bamba doesn't get get brought back into the rotation in the second half. I don't think you can run the same defensive scheme if Mo is on the floor during exactly. the second half.
1: If Mo's on the floor, you probably have to go more of a traditional drop coverage, which, as we detailed a lot on the playback stream, Kyrie, especially Luca, is just gonna murder it. Like I, I, I hate to be blunt, but like you, you can't go drop conventional okay. drop against Luca um, or Kyrie, to be quite frank. So the Mo bomb thing, I don't need it at all, and it allowed you to be a little bit more switchy and do some different things defensively.
2: Yeah, I thought it was the right call. Thought it was the right call. Steven says I love AD saying I'm back MF after the clutch bucket.
1: Well, That's Agreed. what he
2: said? It was something like that. Something like that. In, in my mind, so when his demeanor, his attitude, the the response after he hit that shot, it was the I'm that guy AD because that's what he shouted after hitting that shot against game in uh 2020 in game 2 against Denver. Uh yeah. well, first he said Kobe, right, which was just I mean brought tears to my eyes right he see he yells kobe and then he starts saying i'm that guy uh, after he makes that shot against denver it was that type of attitude that swagger that we saw from ad after he hit the shot against dallas i didn't notice exactly if that's what he said if he said i'm back mf or whatever but whatever he said it was it was pretty clear that he was feeling good and and he should and that was great to see from from him to kind of have that that confidence that energy to him again
1: i'm very curious to see how he does tuesday night against jaron jackson jr now, the Grizzlies like to use uh, Triple J more as a roamer, and he could just you know swat everything away at the rim. But I think Jaron's going to have to guard AD at some point, so I'm curious to see how that matchup goes.
2: Agreed. Uh, this one says, "Hey guys, from Sydney, Australia. Welcome in from from Australia. Happy to have you here. Uh, I just want to say I feel great. It feels great to finally be able to watch a Lakers game from start to finish with fun." And not dropping out with ten minutes left in the game. Well, the start to this game might have been difficult to watch and have any fun. I wasn't having fun watching the start of this game, but the second half for sure. And not yes, not switching the game off with disgust. You know how when you turn it off when you're upset with something, you kind of you you hit that remote with a little bit of extra, you know, venom. Yeah. Um, you're not having to do that because they're down twenty-five with ten minutes to go and they've already waved the white flag. It's it's much more fun this way, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was so bad. Trevor made a joke when I finally revealed that on my clipboard right next to me. It's like, he didn't throw it earlier when the Lakers <laughs> couldn't get his shot. But yeah, I mean, that. I, I hope you're able to watch the, the game with this live on playback, because uh, moments like this is was for, man. The watch the game live with all you guys is, is awesome.
2: It's that really was awesome. so fun to get to experience that with everybody, to, to watch that game together. That what a blast! What a blast! I mean, I and you guys got to see how tense I get during these games and how stressed <laughs> out I am and everything. And and Sean's going crazy and we're both going and the chat's going nuts. Oh man, it was a, it was so much fun. Uh, Jerry, what a game times one thousand. LeBron scared the hell out of me. Hope he's fine. Vando needs to stay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I agree on on all of that. No no argument there.
1: If Rob Polinka lets Jared Vanderbilt and Austin Reeves are honestly either one of them out the door. Every positive thing I've said about Rob Palenka in the past two weeks, I would immediately rescind those statements.
2: And, and Vanderbilt is under contract for next year. Reeves, you've got early bird rights on. At worst, you have to invoke the arena's provision to, to hang on to him. But the bottom line is that the Lakers, as long as they're willing to pay and most likely pay the luxury tax, they can keep all these guys, um, just about, like a few guys may go that's just kind of that's that's how it goes but most of these guys the Lakers are in in an advantageous situation to hang on to them so I think what's important about this stretch of games the now 21 games left it's not just win enough games to get into the postseason that is 100% the prime objective and that's the focal point and all of that but it's also prove that this team is worth it prove that this team has something and is worth paying for to keep into next year and games like this are going to help you do that so there's, there's a lot that's on the line over the home stretch of the season here. Um, Matt P, Lakers Nation stand up. Our first big test with a new group, and somehow we pulled through. Has to be a big confidence boost for the squad. And again, they're four and one with the new look Lakers. Four and one. And they haven't had everybody for all those games. Yeah. But the new team is four and one. They're, their confidence is growing game by game.
1: Heck of a job, man.
2: Yep. Mama mentality. I like our chances with Memphis. Uh, Put Vando on Jackson, Troy on Bain. Who they got? Ja, we got Braun and AD. Sometimes basketball math doesn't work out (laughs) quite quite like that. Like, oh, player A is better than player B over there, and our player C is better than your player D over there, and so therefore you win the game. That's not always how basketball math works out. But, look, the Lakers beat Memphis last time they saw them. I think there's a decent chance they can win. I'm not trying to go in saying – don't win the game i'm just saying if there's any thought to hey lebron's foot is a concern we probably only want to play him one of these two games memphis is the game to not play him in um memphis is the game that you can i don't want to say you can afford to lose but you can stomach a loss to memphis you can tolerate a loss to memphis as long as that means you get the win against OKC. That's the, the true must-win of the two back-to-back coming up.
1: Absolutely. And um, I, I'm more scared of a seven-game series with Memphis than I am Denver because of Ja Morant. I know we have LeBron and AD, but Darvin would have to make an adjustment. And, I mean, if they showed us tonight that they can do it, but you can't go conventional drop against Ja. He's just too dynamic and explosive. And a lot of times the bigs are caught... Being kind of flat-footed in that drop, and Josh is going to blow right by you, right? Um, you'd have to like aggressively blitz the screen, and that means there's certain players you can't play in your rotation. Um, so, uh, I, 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 not, I personally probably want might want to play Denver more. Although I think I don't think Memphis is that great, but Memphis does scare me a little because of the John Morant factor, and they're better defensively.
2: Yeah, there's I mean, look, all the teams in the West have something going for them. There's a reason why the West is so deep as a conference. And and maybe there hasn't been that top, top, top tier team that's dominant. But there's a lot of teams that can that can hurt you in the West. But the Lakers are one of those teams, I think. Uh, Super dope hip hop. Really hope LeBron hasn't looked the same since the All-Star break is okay. And Vando, 12, 13 Kobe vibes. Reeves should start. Oh, man. Uh, Net rating LeBron AD, Austin Reeves is plus 11 per 100. So the first part, yeah, when LeBron went down, I did have some Kobe Achilles flashbacks. The non-contact, grabbing at his foot. I didn't think it was Achilles, but just LeBron's had to put the Lakers on his back more than the Lakers would have liked, more than LeBron would have liked all season. He's had to burn through more of of the, the gas in the tank to get the Lakers to this point right now. And that is eerily similar to what we saw out of Kobe that season. Then he wound up tearing his Achilles and, you know, hopefully that's not the road we go down, but yeah, I had that same fear um, when that happened Uh, as far as Reeves starting. Yeah. I've been saying the same that it should be Reeves. He, he works well with LeBron and AD. It's hard to make the argument after Vanderbilt was so good seven for 11 last game, but long-term I, I think Reeves would be a good fit in the starting five, but I I don't think that's what we're going to see. I think Darwin's going to stick with this rotation
1: beasley trevor meant beasley chad don't don't catch a fit. trevor who did i say say? You said vanderbilt i've got
2: i've got vanderbilt on the mind that's yes i I did not mean vanderbilt i have i'm still i'm still thinking i'm still going through the jared vanderbilt all the plays that he made i meant beasley yes i did not mean vanderbilt that was
1: yes really quick the chat is saying uh sga is out uh somehow he's going to come back for the laker game
2: yes yeah that will happen but sga Uh, They're talking about for tonight's game, I would imagine, against Sacramento, um, which let me jump over that. Uh, It should be starting any second now. But, yes, SGA is indeed out against Sacramento tonight. So, once again, just to kind of reiterate what that means, the Lakers right now are in a three-way tie in terms of the number of games back they are. Now, they do have one more loss in the loss column than OKC or Portland. So if OKC drops this game, that gives them a little bit more breathing room and it ties them in the loss column between the two sides. So, again, you want OKC to lose this game. In fact, I've been putting it out there on Twitter, at Trevor underscore Lane every day, what Lakers fans should be rooting for. Uh, Today, this is what I've got. The Lakers win over the Mavs, of course. The Suns lose to the Bucks. Um, That's what I was rooting for there. That happened. Thunder lose to the Kings. Warriors lose to Wolves. You can argue that either way, though. Uh, it wolves e- either know. team losing helps you uh blazers lose to rockets and clippers lose to nuggets that's what you're looking to see happen across the nba today if you're a lakers
1: fan and i think i mean obviously the somebody's gonna lose the warriors game just basketball yes. right yep i think the only one that might not happen and like you mentioned charlotte they just beat miami and charlotte beat uh somebody else scores recently is the rockets beating portland that's the yes. only one that is unlikely all the other ones are at least a high probability of happening.
2: Hope so. Hope so. Jay says props to Ham said to stay steady despite the first quarter start. He did. He said he liked what they were doing defensively. Shots just weren't falling. He wasn't like they needed to switch some things up defensively, but he was right that there was a lot of game left to play and they did come back.
1: I, I and I, I guess I, I've still been labeled the Darwin Ham fanboy, but I, I think since the trade deadline, and with the more, and I mean Trevor, we said this at post trade deadline. My biggest takeaway was okay, Darwin, we're gonna see if he can really coach now. Like you, there's almost no more excuses left. You got got the roster, you got the pieces. Now can you have a competent offense and get the defensive uh, scheme to be a little bit better? Um, I mean, Golden State the first time, I thought they put together a heck of a game plan. Um, Portland, you lose because they just literally – the definition of could not miss. But, like, the four wins, you held, what, New Orleans and Golden – no, New Orleans to, what, like, 100. Golden State the first time, like, 103. And then you held a a high-potent Dallas Mavericks offense to 108 points. And then the Warriors, you really held them to, like, 90-something until the fourth quarter where, like, garbage time, nobody played – their bench got hot, I guess, but um, heck of a job by the coaching staff since the deadline.
2: Yeah, agreed, agreed. And we said this was going to put a spotlight on them now that they've got pieces that that do fit. Uh, casual gamer, did LeBron play all fourth quarter? He did play. I, I think he came out for a bit, but he did play. He did get hurt, but uh, but he played. All right, let's jump into let's jump into this. This is going to be an interesting one.
0: Master lock of the night.
2: All right, the master lock of the night. We take whatever was the most annoying thing from the game and we put it in our buddy Chris the Masterpiece. Master's finishing hold. The master lock. John, what are you master locking from this game?
1: I feel like I always do this. Chris, I know you can handle it, but I'm gonna combo master lock Luca and the rest, but they kind of go hand in hand with each other. <laughs> like there was one play in the fourth, I think, where Luca drives, bumps off Vanderbilt. Which obviously creates separation. Vanderbilt trying to contest us to get back in the play. He walls up, misses the shot, and Luca is like complaining for a foul where we're like, no, there there isn't a foul, dude. And just, you know, the foul. I'm a huge fan of Luca. I don't think he's like Trey Young and Embiid from a standpoint where it's like unwatchable. Um, I'm a big fan of Luca, but just like the foul, the foul hunting and the complaining constantly when you don't get the fouls. It, it's kind of annoying and like you said too man like the refs kind of from the start you felt like uh <laughs> this is a little shaky just bailing out luca it felt like constantly and that's how i'm gonna describe it and i'm gonna stick to it because that's what it felt like just bailing luca out consistently there was one time i remember trev you said that uh like he's just jawing at a referee for an entire possession literally and then he finally makes a layup and he stares down a ref after the main layup doesn't get a tech or anything like, come on now. Like he can't, what other point is LeBron getting away with that? No. So there we go.
2: I mean, LeBron does a fair amount of complaining of his own, but it is, it is frustrating to see uh, some of the stuff that we saw to Luca, but I, so my master lock is also going to go to Luca, but for a different reason, it's because of all of the pushing and the grabbing that we saw from him in this game, where a couple of times, and he, he does it so much that I think he just can't call all of it, and so he gets away with a lot of it. Um, two hand shoving Jared Vanderbilt into another player while he's in the air, grabbing Anthony Davis's off arm in order to hold him down so he can't get a rebound, these yeah. things he's getting away with without calls. Um, and they're, they're plays that ultimately could hurt somebody, you know, again, two hand shove somebody who's in the air, stuff like that. Uh, I don't like seeing that kind of stuff. Um, I know there's a lot of it that goes on game to game. And look, LeBron, like LeBron elbowed a guy in the face. Like there's, it's, I'm not saying Luca is some dirty player or anything, but he got away with a lot in this one. It felt like so. um, Especially, especially the forearm to the face of Dennis Schroeder when Luca already had three fouls. Luca committed two more fouls after he got his third foul at the end of the half uh, that would have had him at four fouls going into halftime. And the referees just refused to call either one clear fouls on Luca and just wouldn't call them. And so that's, I think that's master lock worthy. Not only was Luca just allowed to be extra physical, but it felt like the referees were doing their part to make sure that he didn't get himself in foul trouble. So that's, that's my master lock here. Uh, Oh love said van is my effing guy. I almost turned off my TV in the first quarter. Lakers need to change their energy. Uh, when they started, yeah, you know they were they were missing shots. It's hard to have energy when you're not seeing the ball go in the basket. Like that's the reward for energy, for hustling, for doing all the things you're supposed to do defensively. Um, it's difficult to keep that up. But the Lakers, they managed to uh, to battle back, which was great. Uh, Jason said, "Hey, Trevor, longtime follower, huge game, no D'Lo down 27. Mavs couldn't miss. Questionable calls. Looking at that Rui whistle, no call.
1: Yes, forgot about that.
2: Yeah, yeah, what?" What was that? And I'm sure our listeners know what we're talking about. Even if you didn't join us on playback, there was a play in the first half where Rui goes up to make a, a layup, gets fouled, like clearly gets fouled, and a whistle blows. And Rui stops. And then the rest of the players just keep playing. And the Mavs come down, and Mo Bamba commits a silly foul and gives Luka an and one. But a whistle blew, like, there was—I don't know if someone in the crowd with a whistle or what happened. Like, Rui clearly heard it too. He stopped. Everybody in our chat heard it. We all heard it. I think the the announce crew even mentioned it. I don't know what that was all about, but it was it was bizarre.
1: Yeah. Um. Luckily, it didn't come back to hurt us, but yeah, that 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 definitely sucked. And it, it, especially because it led to an N one on the opposite. And he was like, "What the heck, man?" <laughs>
2: yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that was a, a big mistake there by by Mo on that play, uh, Joey. Had this as a scheduled loss, to be honest, they stole that. Yep, the Lakers found a way to get it done. Uh, Kay, from New York City, was at the Pels game before the break. You told me on AMP everyone would play. We won. Thanks. Uh, we're 3-1 and one now. Can we be in 10th place tonight? Possibly. So
1: still play, so, I, so no.
2: Right. So what would have to happen for them to move up to 10th? So the Pelicans are, are one game up. So, even if the Pelicans were playing tonight and lost, you still wouldn't move up a full game. They would, you would now, if they played tonight and lost, you'd only be half a game away from it. But they're right there. They're right there, uh, away from 10th. The Pelicans play next.
1: They Um, play tomorrow against the Magic, who are pretty all right. They're okay. They're They're, not a a snooze fest,
2: but they are tanking. So,
1: true. Also,
2: but they're, but they've got 25. They're not in the same tier as like San Antonio. It has lost what 16 straight at this point. Yeah. The the Magic have won 25 games this season. So they're not necessarily a pushover, but that's not the matchup you would like to see the Pelicans have if you're the if you're the Lakers. That's for sure. Sure. All right. Let's do let's do one or two more. And uh and I will save guys any of the super chats that came in that we don't get to, I will save them. We'll put them on a future show. Appreciate all of you who've come in. Uh super dope. Hip-Hop said 12-13 Kobe vibes. Yep, LeBron too many minutes then injured. Yep, and we, we addressed that one just a little bit ago on that previous comment. Uh, this one. Teams were trailing 0-138 when trailing by 27. Now 1-138. That's wild game of the year. Let's go, Lakers. That stat is still crazy. The Lakers are the only team this season to come back from down 27 or more. Unreal. Unreal. And especially like... It would be one thing if this was a game in November and they did that, like it would be huge, yeah. but with everything on the line right now, with all the stuff that we've got going around this team, their playoff push and everything, what a what a massive time to have a comeback like that. I mean, just a timely, incredible, unbelievable comeback that we're not going to forget anytime soon.
1: Absolutely huge. And in a game where you had to get it, uh, I think I'm, I might have even going back to Ariza super chat. I might have even penciled this in as a loss uh, heading really? out of the break. Like you got seven games. I think I said they split. That's why I said I think they split with Dow. That's why I said I hope they could get both. But you're two and zero oh, coming out of the break. We said these first seven games are gonna be pivotal. Uh, I think I said you got to go four and three at the bare minimum. Five and two is the ideal goal. But this is awesome.
2: Kieran says, wow, this is why I love basketball. Vando changed the game. Light work from LeBron. Playoff chance increases. Love your show. Hello from the UK. Well, come on from the UK. This, this is, I'm not a big fan personally of the early games. I feel like players are out of rhythm. Players are used to playing in the evening. Um, they're creatures of habit. And to ask them to, to play earlier in the day, it can just throw things off. Maybe that's part of why they shot so poorly. I don't know. But, but the upside is, our Lakers fans over in Europe who normally have games on in the middle of the night, get to see games at a more reasonable hour. So I'm always happy for them when we have these earlier games, that's the upside to it. That's the silver lining to having the earlier start time is it means those fans uh, across the sea are able to see the game at a more reasonable hour. So that that's fantastic. And welcome in from the UK.
1: it's, It's even better when they get to watch these games at a reasonable hour and they get the win. it's always fun
2: for sure. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Uh, Red said, amazing comeback win. Reminded me of 2003. I can still see Devin George screaming and throwing the ball when we won. By the way, I've seen enough of Rui. He's soft. I can see why Washington got rid of him. Are we down on Rui? Rui finishes this game tonight. Um, he played 11 minutes and was one for five shooting.
1: Uh, I i didn't think Rui played a good game. I thought he had a couple of. Uh... Bad possessions on both sides of the ball. He had a great baseline cut, though, that led to a dunk in the midst of the comeback in the second half. But when he goes one for five and he's not that active offensively, then 11 minutes is about accurate and appropriate. But um, I still think we've seen good stuff from Rui. I'm not down on him. I just didn't think he played that well tonight.
2: Yeah, I didn't think he played that well either. But um, And I think this matchup is a little bit tough for him because perimeter quickness is so important. And that's not yeah. necessarily his forte and closing out on shooters is so important in this, uh, in this particular game. I think next game against Memphis, it's going to be a little bit more in his, in his wheelhouse for, uh, for Rui. but yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap things up there. I do appreciate everybody coming in and joining us. We've got a great crowd here and this was a phenomenal Lakers win. Again, if you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribing to the Lakers Nation podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, and subscribe on the YouTube channel as well. Turn on notifications there. We put out some shorter videos there too that don't appear on the podcast feed, breaking some things down. We had a few that went out today as well. So make sure you do both of those things. If you subscribe on the podcast side, great way to take us with you wherever you go. If you want to go do yard work, you had to go on a trip, you can take us with you via the podcast side. And then if you want to watch us on, on video, do that over on the youtube channel so once again thank you everybody for joining us what a great game what an amazing comeback win stressful game but oh man so thankful that we got to experience it with all of you thank you everybody for joining us till next time see ya, and stay safe